Dedicated to the survival of American democracy in an increasingly dangerous world, this is Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney, acted as Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Policy under President Ronald Reagan, founder of the Center for Security Policy in Washington, D.C., the go-to man for defense and foreign policy issues, joined by the greatest minds in the security policy business, the special forces in the war of ideas at Secure Freedom Radio. Welcome to Secure Freedom Radio. This is Frank Gaffney, your host and guide for what I think of as an intelligence briefing on the war for the free world. We make a point here with some regularity of noting that there is a war on the home front, not just elsewhere, that threatens this free world and most especially threatens its preeminent defender, namely the United States of America. A man who has served in the uniform of a Seattle police officer, now retired from the force and an author and freelance writer, is our first guest. His name is Steve Pomper. He has been a field training officer uh, on the community police team. He's written, among other things, five books uh, about uh, de-policing America, which uh, seems very much relevant to the topic we're interested in talking with him about today. Here on the uh, eve of the end of National Police Week. Steve Pomper, it's good to have you with us. Welcome to Secure Freedom Radio. Uh, I believe for the first time. Very good to have you with us. Yes, it is. My honor to be here. It's an absolute pleasure. Pleasure is really ours. And I want to thank you, first off, uh, and through you, um, all of those who have served or are serving in uh, law enforcement these days. It is a thankless task. Uh, I need not tell you. And I'm interested really in exploring with you how it is affecting those who serve in that thin blue line, as it's been called, that they're being so badly treated, uh, not just by you know Antifa and Black Lives Matter revolutionaries, but by their own superiors, um, both in uniform and uh, on the civilian side in so many police establishments across this country. Yeah, you know, you're really fortunate these days as a law enforcement officer, if you're working for a good sheriff or police chief, because then at least with the, even if you have the city council and the mayor that's on the other side of the issue and, and is anti-police, at least then you've got this buffer between you. You know, uh, police chief James Craig out in Detroit is a good example of that. Um, just, and, and you also don't see the big disturbances in that city that you see in other cities where, where you'd likely expect it. But uh, cops are so demoralized. As they say, no accident, comrade, <laughs> that you're not seeing those disturbances. There. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, for instance, I'd still be working today if uh, our department wasn't like it is. But of course, you know, uh, Seattle, Portland, you know, just on the, the cutting edge of social justice warrior. And, um, you know, they've caused it so that police, the de-policing de- isn't where cops decide they don't want to go out and do proactive policing, they get to the point that they can't do it. They can't trust their their uh, agencies that if something happens out on the job that's controversial, that they're not going to be just, you know, fed to the wolf. Yeah. Well, it it's not just a suspicion that that might happen. It's being baked into the law in cities across this country now, it seems, where, among other things, they're losing the protection of limited immunity from some kind of, uh, you know, civil suits uh, if they're simply trying to do their duty and and protect the public. And I, I want to get at a really important question, um, Stephen. I'm sure you've given it a lot of thought, uh, but I'm of the view that what we're witnessing with all of this defund the police and, you know, 
uh, well, attacks on the police themselves and burn down their precincts and all the rest of it, is an effort to not so much eliminate the police as to fundamentally transform them, to turn them into just another institution of uh, the sort of Marxist agenda and uh, and an instrument for its accomplishment. Um, are you seeing that in what's afoot in places, well, like your own city and Portland and others? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, several years before I retired, it uh, was when the DOJ came in and, uh, you know, basically, I, I call it inflicted a consent decree on our city. And that was basically quasi, you know, federalizing the a local police department. And now they have, they're introducing legislation to, to make that uh, an overt action to federalize local police departments. And, you know, it makes sense on that side because uh, we're one of the last conservative, um, you know, institutions left in America. And uh, they and they're going to need the police if they want to enforce their edicts, you know, their socialism. And so that's that's what they've been doing. I mean, you know, part of the reason I left was the forced indoctrination of Seattle police officers uh, in, uh, well, you know, critical revenge theory. And um, we're just, uh, you know, that's that's absolutely playing havoc with police departments today. Yeah, I don't know whether that was intentional or a Freudian slip. I think the term for it is critical race theory, but uh, revenge seems to be what it's all about, isn't it? And and here's the thing, as you, as you look at it, I, I, I'm given to say, we're witnessing the demonization and the demoralization and the driving out of good police officers like yourself. Um, you know, I, I have no idea, you know, how you would vote or, you know, what your political philosophy is, but you're, but you're clearly a conscientious, public-spirited, veteran police officer. And to the extent that those quality people are finding it either uh, impossible to serve or simply unappetizing to do so under these circumstances, we're going to find ourselves with people we probably won't want armed and operating nominally in the public interest, but not necessarily so. And again, voting with your feet is something that uh, police officers are entitled to do. And I think are being encouraged to do by uh, by these forces. And do you have a sense of who's coming in? I mean, you've trained a lot of police officers, obviously, over the years. Um, are you worried about what comes next? Yeah, it's uh, definitely a decline in the type of candidate that's looking. And that doesn't mean they're not getting good people. But I know even before I left and back when I was an FTO, a field training officer, uh, what they were do looking for was more the, um, I don't know, their version of a community spirited type person who came in, you know, with the with their 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 sort of mindset for policing, as opposed to uh, what veteran officers would look for as what they knew was a good police officer because we, we either they're going to back us, you know, so we know what we're looking for. Um, but they, you know, they de-emphasize people with military training, which is a lot of times exactly what we want because those people tend to be uh, better candidates and better police officers. Not that someone who hasn't been in the military can, but uh, it's, uh, it's just one of those things where you're just getting uh, a type of candidate that reflects their warped version of what they think some, you know, what a police officer should be. And it's tough when they get out to us, you know, in the field and we see that uh, they're not trained in the actual police stuff, but boy, they've sure gotten a lot of seminars and indoctrination on, you know, again, critical race theory and, and all that uh, sort of garbage. Diversity, training, sensitivity, and all the rest, yes. And, and again, um, we're watching in some cities across the country right now some of the early returns on this strategy. And it seems as though, um, again, between 
those in the civilian side who are restricting what the police can do, even in their own self-defense, um, let alone protecting their communities, um, we're going to reap the whirlwind if we allow this to continue to metastasize. Steve Pumper, this is a subject to which I hope we can return with you very soon. I'm very appreciative of both your service and your expertise and your clarity on all of these points. Um, how can people find out more about you and follow you? Uh, well, you can find me at uh, the National Police Association, and that's at nationalpolice.org. And then my website is at stevepomper.com. And uh, my uh, most recent book is at Amazon right now. It's called The Obama Game. And uh, Depolicing America is another important one. Thank you so much for your time today, sir. Come back to us again soon. Next up, we'll speak with former Assistant Secretary of State Robert Charles about, among other things, the state of our union. Right after this. Visit us at facebook.com slash securefreedom with Frank Gaffney.